Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. And hello, I'm Donna Britt, the food editor at The Source Weekly and sometimes podcast host. So I'm excited to be here today with Patrick. Patrick, your last name. Oh, my gosh. It's it's lost my mind. It's I've Douglas. lost my mind. Patrick Douglas. Thank yeah. you. Patrick is the CEO, the chief excitement officer of the Bend Social Company. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Thank Appreciate you so it. much for being here. Yeah. Um, we're just going to dive in. You have a I think a very colorful and exciting past. I don't know if you want to hit the highlights, but you've been involved with Shark Week, with the Discovery Channel, and all kinds of fun things um, before you landed in Bend. So give us give us a brief synopsis of the highlights of your life so far. Yeah, I've been in. Uh, so basically, my life is is never saying no. Um, and through that, a, a bunch of crazy adventures happened. One of them was executive producer at Shark Week. Uh, prior to that, I was um, the CEO of a company that did cage diving with great white sharks at a place called Guadalupe Island for 23 years. We pioneered that site. Um, wow. Prior to that, I was running a similar social company in the Bay Area uh, during the dot-com boom. Right. Uh, we had a, a, a peak. I think we had about 5,000 members. It was oh, fantastic. My. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then prior to that, I was running 21-day tours around the planet as a tour director uh, for a tour company based out of New York City. So I've been... You know, between that, owning helicopter companies and uh, now this. So yeah. uh, so I have to just say, let's back way up. Where were you born? Where are you from? Yeah, so L.A. Okay. Yeah. So did you just come out kind of one of those little daredevil little boys, um, jumping off things that you weren't supposed to, climbing the curtains, all of that? Or what What were you like and what, what made you be such an adventure seeker? <laughs> yeah, um, basically the realization at a very, very early age that I was unemployable. So I had to I had to figure it out myself. Um, I've always been somebody that uh, saw something and that nobody else could do and said, "Yeah, I could do that." And uh, we were just talking about that yeah. before we started rolling. How people will say, "Oh, I could never do that," and you say, "You just go for it because you find out that people aren't doing it, whatever exactly. it is." Yeah, whatever it is. Um, there's always you know the sense, the perception, and whatever it is is a heavy lift. Um, and I've never really seen it as a heavy lift. I've always seen it as a series of elements that you put together and you weave them into a tapestry. And hopefully if you do the right, you know, colors and uh, materials, you end up with a beautiful tapestry that everybody wants to, you know, come and admire. That's business 101 for me. Right. And uh, it's also something that is important to me. You know, I feel really, really good about it. And that's why tourism has been um, part of my DNA for this many years because – in its essence, what tourism is, is creating a play space and inviting people to come and play in that space. And, you know, if you do it right, you you have a business and you make money at it. Mm -hmm. But if you do it really right, um, you get to sit back. And there's some moments where you sit back and you watch the people playing in that space and you get this great feeling of, wow, I'm changing lives here. Right. You know, I'm, 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 I'm allowing people to express themselves and maybe uh, learn something they've never done before. Right. And and for me in in tourism and events, this is what this is the DNA. I mean, and, going down in a shark cage would have to be life changing for a human. Right? You know, so, so yeah. So the, <laughs> a very, very quick story about that. Twenty three years ago, I was a much younger man and we had heard uh, off the coast of San Diego. There were great white sharks at this island called Guadalupe, which was 210 miles off the coast. So, you know, 
being adventure daredevils myself and about 12 other people built a chicken wire cage brought far too much beer and we took that that 30-hour wow. boat trip all the way out to this little volcanic island in the oh middle my. of the pacific uh that first day we saw six great white sharks and we realized two things one um, the cages were completely unmanned for the task. I mean, chicken wire, what were we thinking? And then the second thing we realized that we didn't have enough beer. In point of fact, we hadn't far <laughs> we had enough beer. So 23 years later, this thing became the diving powerhouse in the dive community globally um, with eight capital boats going out there and uh, a research project that I initiated with C.C. Marin and uh, U.C. Davis where we tagged the sharks and we found out very, very quickly these animals were not just at this island, but they were actually all over the um, coast of California and Baja. So it turned out these animals were actually the breeding population of all those white sharks that you see off the oh, coast my of California. Goodness. Yeah, the, the, the data and the, the research that we pulled back from this was amazing. When we first started at the, the big book of white sharks had like two pages on it. And when we left, it was a tome. It was like the, the Lord of the Rings tome for white sharks. I mean, we knew so much and there's still more to be written. Um, and it, it, it was a highlight of my life. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, I, I've just been watching sort of in passing because in my household, there are TV people who have the TV on a lot. There's been Shark Week and Shark Month. There's been a lot going on, mm-hmm. and it's really fascinating and interesting. So it's cool that you were kind of a pioneer in that whole um, that yeah, whole that's, thing. that's how I ended up with working for Shark Week because they were coming out to us um, and doing shows. And uh, they had these these people, they were called executive producers, and they would come out and, <laughs> and I would talk to them. And I would realize, like, very, very quickly, they knew even less than, than <laughs> I knew about white sharks at the time. Right. And, and I was like, you know, what exactly is your job? And right. uh, they, they would tell me, well, I'm the big idea person. I come up with the idea for the show. And I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. So within a year, <laughs> I was an executive producer at Discovery Channel, That's pitching fine. shows in and, and doing some really great work, um, some seminal stuff. And it was, a, awesome. again, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, so I have to ask you the question, how, do, how did you get to Bend? Everybody has their getting to Bend story, and sometimes they're similar. But how yeah. did you get here? Why here? Yeah, so like as I told you, it was the 09 wagon train. There were 60 of us that got <laughs> stuck at the pass. And, uh, you know, um, no, in 09, the crash happened in the Bay Area. Right. And I turned to my then ex-wife, who we're still great friends with, and I said to her, what are we doing in the Bay Area? Right. You know, um, is it time to move? And we had been exploring north of the Bay Area. Like um, in the years that we lived there, we explored every mountain, every stream, every river, every lake. I'm a rabid fly fisherman, so I had fished all over the Eastern Sierra. And it would really become tiresome, you know. Right. Uh, also, the idea that if you wanted to get into a lake and go spend a day fly fishing, it was a nine-hour drive to get there. Yeah. Plus an Airbnb, plus, you know. Right. Um, so we went to Brookings to, in 2009 and, and didn't really like the town and didn't really resonate with us. And we were at a sushi place, and there was a couple of Bendites there who said, have you been to Bend yet? <laughs> no. So we drove up to Bend. And honestly, the town you know, in 2009 captivated us. And then, you know, the crash was there, 2010, 11, 12, Bend was on its knees, and it still was charming, and we wanted mm-hmm. to be here. So we Good bought a little you. house and 
the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. T- but, typical story, but they're real. That's why I like yeah. to talk to people about it. It really is that kind of a place. Yeah, 14 years later, still here and um, still loving every little piece of Bend. Yeah. Uh, I just love the fact that if I want to go fly fishing and get on some of the most beautiful streams, freestone or lakes, I'm 35, 40 minutes away. Yeah. You know, skiing, same thing. Yeah. Um, the the outdoor recreation is a major draw for somebody who is plugged into the outdoor recreation. But now, you know, Bend is under change, big change. And uh, there's a need. And that's why we decided to launch after COVID. We were going to launch it before COVID, but mm-hmm. the timing wasn't right. Now, after COVID, now is the time. So let's talk about that. Yeah. The social company. You you obviously have done one before. And what's kind of what's the philosophy? What's the idea behind that? Why do we need one? Why are you into having one? Just tell me all about that. Well, Bend is under change. Mm-hmm. And it's being driven by uh, rampant home buying. You know, there's a lot of people who are pouring into to Bend. But there's a, an interesting dynamic here with this town. And, you know, I, I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, but I, I will <laughs> say it out loud. It's the thing that all of us know as locals. Um, Bend's a catfish town. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, like on the dating apps, when you get catfished, you know, you, you see a picture of a guy and then when you go to meet him, that's not the guy. So when you come here as a prospective home buyer and you are walking around Bend and you see all these smiley, happy people and you go out to the lakes and everybody's paddleboarding and laughing and having a great time. You go to the restaurants and bars in the summertime and everybody's having a terrific time. You see the the uh, the bend um, uh, that that wonderful little tourism paddle uh, pedal paddle the beer the, the beer, beer pedal thing. pedal yeah yeah that <laughs> thing. and everybody's laughing and having a good time what you don't realize is that 98 percent of those people don't live here right we're a town of 120 thousand that gets inundated with 2.5 million to 3 million tourists each year oh, wow that's staggering it to is think staggering about. those are the actual those are the actual numbers it's um, it's amazing. So when you walk around Bend as a newcomer here and you see all these smiley, happy people and you think those are Bendites, they're not. Right. The actual Bendites are this li- tiny little subset. So, you know, what I discovered, and I'm the most social guy in the world, um, when I first moved here 14 years ago, it took me five long years to find my social crowd, to find my tribe, to find the people that I wanted to have over to my house and I wanted sure. to see over and over again. And that's not just me. That's a story that resonates with so many people that I've talked to. And I think especially if if you're not, say, young, straight out of college, in your 20s, things like that, because yep. those those people, I think, are that demographic, let me put it that way. They may be going out to bars and doing things that maybe we're not doing as we're getting older. So the, the breakdown, yeah, and that's a really good point that you brought up. The breakdown is this. Um, you've got folks who are moving here who are married with kids. And they find their social circles because their kids are doing soccer mm-hmm. together. And they, they find it fairly easy for themselves. Yeah. Then you've got a subset, which is the semi-retired or the retired who are in their 50s to 60s. Mm-hmm. They're finding it a lot harder because sure. they're buying a house, um, like, say, at the new Polish development, Potrero, which is in the middle of nowhere. And suddenly they discovered that catfish scenario where... All the people that they saw when they first came here that first, second, third time to maybe check it out and buy a house, they're not Bendites. Right. They're they're the 2.5 million who are coming here. They're struggling to find um, their social crowd. 
And unless you're self-actuated and you go to all of the events and you're really on it, like you're at a music event, you see somebody that's smiling and you reach over and say, hi, how are you? Um, you're going you're gonna to struggle. And yeah. even if you yeah. do that, the chances are that person you're going to say hi to, they don't live here. They're right. from Portland or Seattle or somewhere else. Right. Um, and then you've got uh, the half-timers. And there is a lot of them that only come here for half the year and mm -hmm. then they leave. Mm -hmm. And they're struggling. Um, they have their, their five things that they do, pickleball, skiing, uh, mountain biking, you know, right. and they do that over and over and over again, but finding an actual other couple. I'll give you an example. I, I, I um, chatted with one couple who are semi-retired and they say they go to Bas Toros twice a week and they have the same dinner <laughs> and they look over and they see couples that they would like to like say hi to or, mm -hmm. but they said, you know, at their age, it's so weird to lean over and say, hi, would you be our friend? Right. You know? Right. <laughs> so the idea of the Ben Social Company is for Bendites only. Mm. And it's to pull people together in community, but actually do like really interesting events. Right. Things that, that spark the mind, the soul, and the body. Um, curated and hosted by actual staff members who care about, you know, you having that social connection. And also introducing you to maybe things that you hadn't even considered. So if somebody somebody's listening now and they're saying, oh, well, that's interesting. How do I do this? How do they do it? Is, is it a club that you join? Is it's, a, it... it's a club that you join. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there are free meetup groups. Don't get me okay. wrong. And there's lots of them in Bend. And uh, we've heard about those as well. Um, and they are very basic in, in design. You know, it's a meetup group. Right. Um, and a lot of people find community there. What we're doing is a little bit higher end. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a gym membership. Uh, kind of format where it's okay. a monthly membership fee. Some of the events are free, but they're upgraded. So if we do like um, a hike, if you will, at the end of the hike, there's a big tent that gets set up and then there's wine and charcuterie that gets served at the end. And that's free. Um, some of the events have costs associated them because the venue charges us for the venue or the speaker that we bring in is, is charging or um, there is a cost associated with it. And we pass that on direct to the members. We don't actually make any money on that. Right. And we're looking to put people in connection with extraordinary uh, events. That's what we're looking to do. So how many events are you doing, say, in a month? So in a month right now, we're doing three a week. And wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to be building that as the membership builds up as well. Out of 120,000, we think there's probably a market of about 25,000 people out there that could benefit from um, meeting us. And it's not just on the retail side that's not just the people who are listening here that's also on the big developer side so for example i mentioned polish earlier they're building massive massive communities some of them are remote communities and it it would be in their best interest when somebody buys one of their homes to pass on a year membership to somebody who has just arrived here and doesn't mm -hmm. know anyone and say thank Fun you for idea. being part of the polish community here's a membership go out and explore band and meet some of your neighbors doing the same thing. That's what builds community together. Because sure. left on their own, the people in their age demographic, that the majority of the homes that they're selling to, they're not as actuated as they think they are. Um, and they are struggling. And so this is interesting you know, for us to get on that level to be able to tie those communities together. Um, also for um, you know, bigger businesses in Bend that are hiring into Bend are struggling as well. And I've heard this over and over again. Mm -hmm. the, the the cost of housing is expensive, so you're pulling somebody from the Bay Area, you know, with high tech uh, right. here. Good luck getting a house. But then the second thing is that social. 
Right. And we've heard from several business leaders saying, yeah, they've hired into Bend, and those people have left within two years because they couldn't find a community. They couldn't find their niche. They couldn't find their They couldn't their find their, 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 their clan, yeah, their group. So so describe, kind of give me a range of activities. I mean, um, um, I'm thinking you're taking everybody out on a shark dive. Number, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but is it everything from maybe like a, I don't know, a dinner party to a hike or what? Give me some ideas of yeah, the range. So, so you know, events that are different and and a little bit more interesting. So, okay. for example, if we go do a dinner at a restaurant, um, and it's a culturally interesting restaurant, let's say it's a Burmese, you know, uh, menu, and um, you're going to try Burmese food for the first time, we're going to have the owner or the chef come out, and they're going to do off-menu with us. Okay. So you're not actually going to be eating from the typical menu. You're going to be eating something that they would provide for sure. their family. Um, there'll be a recipe that'll be attached to us. You can take that recipe home and try it again. Right. And uh, a learning part of this whole thing. So you're you're being immersed in it. It's a little bit different from just going to a restaurant saying, hi, we're here. Sure. Eating. Um, there's uh, horseback riding. There's uh, balloon trips that we've got planned. There is uh, one of my favorites, which um, I went and tried her a little while ago. She has a private perfumery. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she's converted her garage into a lab. Oh, my. And she distills her own um, essences from uh, plants that she grows in her garden. Wow. And so you spend the afternoon blending uh, essences together to get the perfume of your choice. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're pairing that with wine for a full sensory experience. So uh, I love that idea of learning something. Sure. Something that challenges you. Uh, and then we're, we're going to be working with the uh, Tin Pan Alley Theater, obviously. Um, it's a very small venue to show movies that educate and challenge, but also bringing in speakers as well. Um, one of them uh, is Jane Gwynn, who mm -hmm. is the sex therapist who writes for The Source Weekly. Right. And we're doing a series called Sex and Charcuterie with her, <laughs> where we um, have a, a, a movie that has uh, s sexual themes to it, adult. Right. Um, but at the end, there's Jane to talk about it afterwards. And we're going to be pulling charcuterie from my one of my favorite local bars, San Simon Next Door, mm -hmm. and wine and making that an event. So... Events that also challenge you as well. Um, fire up the mind, the imagination. Bend has a rich tapestry here, but they're, they're all colorful threads. We're going to put all these threads together and create a monthly calendar of, of stuff that hopefully um, through that experience, you're going to be able to find your community or find somebody that is also interested in Spanish cuisine. I went to Spain. You went to Spain? Tell me about that. Right. And then right. there's a recipe, and a, a week later you get a phone call from you know that couple that says, come on over, let's try that recipe again. So it can be couples or singles or any kind of configuration, it sounds like. Any configuration, yeah. yeah. And I'll be honest, if, if it tracks anything like our, our previous club that we had in the Bay Area, there's a dating component to this as well. We don't really talk about that. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if you're on a paddleboard and there's a cute guy and the two of you are paddleboarding together and you're both struggling, you know, right? and and you could talk about that, there's a shared experience. Sure. The bottom line is this, is pre-COVID, we had a problem here with connecting because of the, the aforementioned 2.5 million people that come here right. and the identity of what it is to be a Bend local. Then right. COVID hit and right. it all went off the rails. And a year later after COVID, we're just asking ourselves, what is it to be social again? Mm -hmm. 
And and I think we're, the timing on this was accidentally perfect, as it were. Um, well, because I think we what we maybe learned one of the things during the pandemic and and having to not be as social is we all really need it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a very important component to health and yeah. well being, right? And so now that we're all aware of that, yeah. it just it puts things in a different perspective. Maybe yep. we don't take it for granted anymore, for sure. Lasting relationships are important. The kind of relationships with the person that you want to have them over to your house for dinner, those yeah. are hard won and hard to find. And unfortunately with Ben, you just can't get it going to the Hayden uh, Amphitheater and watching right. a concert with, you know, uh, 4,000 people who don't live here. Right. Um, the last thing the last thing about this that I really want to do is I want to focus on Ben and what is it to be a Bendite. Mm-hmm. We're going through a period of change here, and I'm noticing that not only are we not helping each other out as Bendites, we're beginning to break apart under the strain of this onslaught of people that come and visit us every sure. year. Right? It's like a giant wet blanket that sits on top of us and, and smothers us as locals. But even within the local crowd, and I, I, I laugh every time I say – I've just started saying after 14 years I'm a local. But every time I say that in a social setting, I always have somebody that's like been here for 25 years that says, ah, you're not a local. Go home, Californian. You know? <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I think that we need to address that um, head on. Uh-huh. Um, it's time that we stopped point blank uh, shunning somebody who has just arrived here because they came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They're, they're one of us. They bought a house. They live here. They're just they're just trying to make by just like everybody else. Sure. And and I get it. Right. The other idea. But at the same time, we can open up that table and we can bring them in. Well, it's happening anyway. So, I mean, it's one of those things. The more you resist, the more it persists and the worse it gets versus just let's embrace it. We're all in here. You know, we all came from somewhere else. Mostly. Mostly. When I first got here in 1988. um, So you're a local. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of people here, though, that had really were born here. And I don't meet very many people anymore who were actually born here and Mm -hmm. raised here. Do you know what I mean? And and another cool thing, too, because I have kids that are in their early 30s and they were born here Mm -hmm. and, you know, we moved away and they went to high school and college elsewhere and then they've come back. I think a lot of kids that were are raised here end mm-hmm. up coming back here, mm-hmm. which I think is really wonderful because it speaks volumes to the kind of community we are. Yeah. When, you know, it's a big world. You go out there and you peek around and you can be anywhere and then people choose to come back. Mm-hmm. And I do, it, like you said, I think there's room for all of us. Um, we just got to lean into it and we do, you know, right? And, and get social, and and start get to get, start like to that. start to connect <laughs> a little bit more because it's it's time that we had our own events, you know. Sure. It's time that we had our own like downtown bend only for locals kind of thing. It's time that we started to see each other as people that live here that are all going through the same experience. Yeah. Not I've been here longer, and I used to be here when the roundabouts weren't around, mm-hmm. and so I have some kind of primacy over this conversation, right? It's more of we're all here. I, I'll give here you, we are. My, yes. my favorite Ben story is my first arrival to Ben. We mm-hmm. rented a house, um, obviously from the Bay Area. We didn't know about snow. Um, <laughs> this is this is a true story too. So I I heard through the weather that there was snow coming. Mm-hmm. So me being me, the planner, I went out and I bought a forty pound bag of rock salt, uh-huh. and I put it as a one inch layer all over my driveway. And I'm I'm grading this forty pound bag, and uh, my neighbor at the time, Dave and Jill Abel, they lived there in the neighborhood. They came out 
and just stood there drinking a craft beer watching me put a one inch layer of rock salt <laughs> on, on your dry my, on driveway. driveway. Yep. Yeah, that's funny. And 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 I, I'll never forget Dave, you know, looked at me very kindly and he said, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> you're and, not from these parts. <laughs> and they took us under their wing. Oh, nice. Uh, and they 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 really just said, you're lost. <laughs> This is not how we do snow right. here in Bend. Right. You know, it's a teaspoon of salt. <laughs> let us let us take you under. And they they did. They took us under their oh, wing and they took care nice. of us. And I, I'm hoping that's the the Bend Social Company. That's what I'm hoping yeah, for awesome. is is to take people under the wing who are new and just say you are welcome here. Yeah. And and here are the neat things to do. Mm-hmm. You can educate people along the way. Because there is an identity of Bend, right? Leave no trace and be kind sure. to people and all of that. That Some of the newcomers here are missing, yeah. but we don't get to have them become Bend members unless we engage. Mm-hmm. And the best way to engage is to go to a restaurant together and sit down and chat and be and have community. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get there. We'll get there when, when, one member at a time, but it's a... It's a heavy lift, but as you know me, I don't shy away from heavy lifts. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I'm, I, I think it's exciting that you have brought your passion for anything that you decide to take on and you're, you're bringing it to this community. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes this a, a special place. A lot of people do that. And it, it, it's it's our community. Yeah. And and there is, there's going to be a social good component here as well. And I'm looking forward to deploying that on once we get to a membership base, it's got the numbers that we're happy with, then we can do the social good component nice. as well. So it's not just people enjoying Bend, it's people putting back into Bend. So we'll get there. Um, so how can people um, yeah, find out more? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a website. Uh, it's awesome. ben, bensocials.com. Uh, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, you've probably seen one of our ads because we're pretty militant about that. They're all over the place. Um, and we will be advertising our way through this. Um, but so, yeah. so you really have just launched? Yeah, three weeks ago. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Three weeks ago, we started uh, a Facebook and social uh, campaign. Data coming back was pretty awesome. In our first week, we had 3,500 people come to our website. That's um, amazing. Oh, yeah. No, no. It, 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 it's, it's a real thing. Like People are very much responding to that. And they're spending um, over a minute and a half on our website. And that may not seem like a lot. No, it is a long but time. But in the world of the internet, a minute and a half In the world on, of TikTok. <laughs> yeah, in the world of the internet, a minute and a half on a website is just un- unbelievable. So there is a need, there is a desire for this. And um, it's super easy. You sign up, you join. Uh, it's a monthly membership. You can cancel at any time. Nice. Um, it's super cheap to get in. And the events cool. aren't terribly expensive either. Um, and it's it's not something you have to do like one every single day. Sure, but Just it's, when, it's, when you it, want to, it's an of. investment in your time and your community. And I like the idea that you're curating activities. Yes, you know what I mean, because that's where you can get stuck. Sometimes you can think, oh, I want to do something, but you just have trouble thinking of it, creating it by yourself. Correct. Yeah. Or there's the fear of if my husband and I show up. You know, will there be the kind of people we want right. to see there? Right. And by making it a club, you know that there's the kind of people you're going to want to see there because they're all there for the same reason. Right. They're there to meet other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a simple proposition. I'm just very surprised that nobody has decided not to do this. Um, yeah. But it worked in the Bay Area. I mean, it was it was fabulous in the Bay Area. <laughs> we had a, 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 a machine going at one point. 
And it was a ton of fun. And I loved going to the events where I sat back in a room full of people and went, yeah, this is working. Good for you, Patrick. Yeah. Patrick Douglas, who is the chief, uh, let me get this right, chief excitement officer. That's it. The uh, cheesy, the cheesy chief excitement <laughs> officer, CEO. That's of, me. Of the Ben Social Company. So uh, look them up. And, and thank you for just explaining what's going on. And I'm glad you're here. And I hope everybody checks you out. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.